A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday, the Wednesday edition, Better Make It Quick. As you know, recently uh, I hit 400 episodes and it was about time of like, you know what, there's, there's a, that's a lot and it's overwhelming to go back and go, well, who's good, what's what's what? And in, even then it's like I, I don't have time to put a whole other hour and a bit of podcast into my week. So Bree Steele, uh, my researcher and produ- production assistant, and Andy Maher have got together and we've we've got the Wednesday greatest hit situation happening and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. We started the show back in 2013. So there's a ton of episodes and there's so much that is relevant even today. It's really well worth going back to have a bit of a listen. So every Wednesday, I'm going to release some of the best bits of uh, some of our favorite conversations from some of our favorite people. This is a team effort, this Wednesday show. You may have missed them. You may have heard them before. It's nice to get a refresher. So we're going to kick off with the awe-inspiring Dr. Carl. He's one of my all-time heroes. I love science communicators, Psycom in the lingo. Science communication is so integral to democracy because people have got to understand just the broad concepts of very, very complicated things if they're going to vote properly when it comes to election time. Climate change is a perfect example. So PSYCON is incredibly important and Dr. Carl is the science guy in Australia. He's had a weekly science segment on Triple J radio since the 1980s. He broadcasts weekly across the ABC in Australia, across the BBC in the UK. His accolades are vast and varied. He's literally changing the world through his passion, his knowledge, and his curiosity. The word selfie came from a conversation with Dr. Carl, okay? (laughs) He's changing the world. Dr. Carl was my 18th guest on this show. I remember riding my bicycle to go to his incredible office at the University of Sydney. No, UNSW. God, I can't remember. 
it's a campus that I felt intimidated by. I'm always intimidated when I write on university campuses. But I remember it being a particularly hot day. And this was about, it was November 2013. I had yet to have, I was about, what, November, December, I was about three months away from my brain exploding with the climate changing things. And I kind of think back to this conversation as being one of those moments where it all, uh, it was a seed that was planted during this conversation when, um, if you listen to the full version, Dr. Carl talks about Bangladesh. And it was in this conversation that that seed got planted, I think, when the true realizations were starting to dawn on me. Because I remember it was a beautiful day and I rode my bicycle there and I wore a singlet and I was like, yeah, Sydney's amazing. It's 30-something degrees in November, like a hot day that we'd normally expect in February and November. I didn't think anything of it at the time. I think differently now. Anyway, since we spoke on that day, Dr. Carl has written eight more books uh, so he's now written 47 books in total. Yeah, it was the University of Sydney. Yeah, that's where I went. We could have had this conversation today. He's ahead of his time, as always. Dr. Carl spoke about the rise of misinformation, how mobile phones are changing, how we interact with one another, and so much, so much more. I asked him how he, Dr. Carl, as someone with a scientific mind, deals with people, and this is 2013, and there was still a fair amount of it going on, but it does help to have this perspective. I asked Dr. Carl, how does he deal with someone who doesn't believe in climate change? Try to understand where they're coming from. Uh, so far, there's some very robust research that shows that as a result of the one quarter of a century of concerted and unified and robust staying on message disinformation, as a result of that, and also the George C. Marshall Institute in Washington, D.C., and read the book by Naomi Oreskes called The Merchants of Doubt. So as a result of a quarter of a century of a very solid campaign, people who are right-wing will automatically doubt anything about climate change that says that the, the claims that climate change is real because it's going to be happening. So there you have a straight link between a voting policy and a belief, which to me is irrelevant because climate change is not about belief, it's about date. People say, oh, do you believe in climate change? No, I accept the science. In the same way, I accept the science that if you get some iron, well, it's pretty hard to work with, chuck a bit of carbon in there, turns into steel, it's really good. Nobody ever denies the science of metallurgy. Um, so how do I feel about it? I'm vaguely confused. I'm trying to understand people's mindset as to why they would do this. So there are certain Australian broadcasters who deny the science of it, and I've, I don't know what their frame of mind is. Is it that they genuinely believe uh, that the scientists are all wrong, or do they say, look, the science is real, but I just want to be a shock jock and create lots of um, uh, controversy and therefore get lots of audience, or do they simply not care? I, I, I have um, <clears throat> one colleague I worked with over the years who I put in that third category, and no matter what is the accepted science, this person, he or she, will go against it. And so recycling is bad. Uh, the Americans never did anything bad in Vietnam with Agent Orange. Um, uh, mining companies are doing good stuff all the time. Uh, fracking is good and has never caused any problems with water. And no matter what there is accepted science on, this person will go against the accepted science simply to create a headline. So their whole goal in life is to create a headline. And 
any morality is irrelevant. I'm still trying to work out why. That, that, that's a very deep question. You ask me what, what, what do I feel is it's complicated. Well, that's why I asked you. Yeah. Because it, it would confound – I get confounded and I don't have any close, <clears throat> close to the amount of facts or data that you have on the thing. Um, and it must just befuddle you. I, the only thing that I can come close to is when I meet people who are anti-vaccine. And mm. both my parents are doctors and we grew up learning all about vaccines and, and, and this is very much in our conversation. When I, meet people who do, when I meet people who refuse to vaccinate their kids, I'm like, why would you put everyone else in the community at risk? And yourself. It's the cold equations. You've got a tiny, tiny, tiny chance of having a reaction and an overwhelmingly good, good chance that you'll be saved the bad effects. And I was actually there in the kids' hospital in uh, 1990, 1990, when the first baby to die for 20 years from whooping cough died in Australia. And it didn't have to die. It was only because uh, a TV show on a network, so at that time it was Channel 9 and ACCA, Current Affair, decided that they would pay equal weight to each side of the vaccine discussion. There's no debate. It's not a debate. There's not a debate. The, the, the science is in. So I was curious. You, I was just thinking of the word debate. I read an article uh, in the Australian by one of the senior editors of the Australian say, look, every time we have an article uh, debunking climate change, we also have an article in favour of it. Well, number one, firstly, the size of the articles and their locations are very different. Number two, really, one for one? So every time the Chinese launch a spacecraft or anybody. So you remember a little while ago there was the Chinese spacecraft launched towards the moon, mm -hmm. going to get there on the middle of December. Did they at the same time, in the interest of balance, run an article saying, well, look, actually, let me just set you straight on this, there is no space. Basically, God put an alabaster dome over the earth. It's ivory, actually, covered it with blue carpet. And when you look up at night, all you see are the fireflies that live in the carpet. Do they run that article every time there is an article on astronomy. No, every time that they talk, they mention steel, do they say, oh, no, no, it's nothing to do with a couple of percent of carbon that turns iron into steel. It's actually the squashed up babies and the, pray be, and the prayers that we make. We have to sacrifice the babies because otherwise we couldn't build skyscrapers. Do they run out of the article? No. So why is it that only with climate change, out of all of the other ologies that exist on the earth, I don't see them going against geology. I don't see them going against biology. It's just climate change. That and that alone is their only science with which they wish to create disinformation and, by the way, with which they have succeeded in creating disinformation. And you know what? They're still succeeding today in 2021, spreading misinformation. Um, but Dr. Carl did provide us with a solution. He spoke about, and quite well, Pre-Donald Trump, he spoke about how we can spot fake news and how we can find information that is factual. And I began by asking him how he thinks the nature of curiosity is changing. I haven't thought about that, but uh, it's easy to satisfy, but only in a superficial way. It is satisfied in the sense that they will ask anybody for an answer, and whatever it is, that answer will be accepted because they do not realise that in general the internet is as reliable as the drunk guy in the foyer of the shopping mall covered with sores and, and a homeless guy with dogs licking his wounds and a couple of empty bottles of liquid around him of alcohol trying to give you bits of paper. And if you get one bit of paper, you think, oh, that's old crap. But if you get it 20 times, you think, oh, well, it must be true because he's given me 20 bits of paper instead of one. So curiosity is, the nature of curiosity is changing in the sense of, of people trying to find the real answers. 
people are satisfied with the first thing they find on Google. Yeah. Yes, the reason the sky is blue is because God covered the sky, the alabaster sky, with blue carpet. And then he, he, he changes the dye covering from day and night. Angels go and do it. How, how has it – I mean, I have the entire sum of human knowledge in my hand. It is amazing that we can do that. Like I've been here in this university from 1995. When I started, if I wanted a paper, a scientific paper, I would have to then go to the library, and luckily we're in the biggest library in the Southern Hemisphere. However, if it was not there, have to go and find a telex machine, put out a telex request, find the library in the world that had it, send them 50 bucks, somebody go into the shelves, photocopy it usually badly, fax it usually badly, three days later I'd have it. Now I can have it on my smartphone for money, of course, but I can have it within 90 seconds. I can have, well, actually, once I know what I want, I can have it, but to find it sometimes takes 15, 20 hours. So for me to write my stories normally takes 15 or 20 hours each story because I don't believe the first thing I find. Yeah, right. So, but the the information is there, but people won't do it. And I think of the model of, well, I, I have as my moral and inspirational model Arnold Schwarzenegger who uh, – I'm going to give you a question without notice, right? You ready for it? Sure. Okay. Uh, How did Arnold Schwarzenegger get his muscles? Option one, lie on the lounge, watching TV, drinking beer, scratching his groin and hoping he got fit. Or number two, go to the gym. Pick one. I would say number two. He went to the gym, right. So how can you know anything without trying? (laughs) Hey, it says the sky is made of blue carpet. Must be right. Right. Because I did want to ask you, as people – I mean, surely people can realise they're not getting they're not getting the true answer. Sometimes, like no. how how can I, someone who dropped out of university after six weeks of part time study because it was too hard, mm-hmm. how can I in my day to day try and be a little smarter about how I how I read about things? Um, you can trust institutions or individuals. So in Google, there is a whole range of things that you can try, images and calendars and stuff. And then over on the right-hand side, it says more, and you click on more, and there's another whole range of Google products. And then at the right-hand side, it says more, and you click more, and down halfway in the big list, you find Google Scholar. That accesses the peer-reviewed literature. The trouble is it takes me an average of an hour to read a paper. Um, to understand it and put it in context, it's hard. Um, how can people be sure trust the people who I don't know, I don't know how can you trust people? I mean, if you trust the Australian, you'd be believing lies about climate change. If you trust the George C. Marshall Institute in Washington D.C., you'd be believing lies. That's a hard question. There's not an easy answer for that, especially so we- with journalists not being paid and journalism itself not being revered, and education no longer being respected. I, uh, I try as hard as I can to I, – I pay for my journalism mm. on, online. I yeah. tend to not believe anything I read uh, on the free news website. You have done well, Grasshopper. <laughs> the first step has been taken. Yeah, because I think it's really important. And certainly reading about – there's a, a book by a guy called Ryan Holiday called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator. And wow, that sounds fantastic. Hang on, hang on, mate, hang on. you'll love it. Hang on, hang on. If you've ever Trust read – Ryan? Tr- Ryan Holiday, as in you know, you're about to take her. One L? Uh, yes. Um, and Trust Me, I'm Lying. Confessions of a Media Manipulator. Oh, he, right. um, if you've ever read a news article online about how disgusting the latest American apparel campaign is, oh, it's nearly porn, mm-hmm. I can promise you – 
He's like, I put it there. I put it on this lowly blog down here, signed in as four different user identities, commented in outrage, went to the next blog up the chain, commented to them going, look at this story. It's getting traction. This person sees that story, sees his four comments going, it must be true, reblogs it, goes up, 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 up. 72 hours later, he's on the front page of the Daily Mail. Well, that's a fine non-peer-reviewed journal. Well, but this is, but this is as you're saying, this is what people are seeing as news. And, and then here, the second part of the book, he goes into how Politico um, – basically created a Republican candidate. Who did? Politico. It's a website. It's a news website, Politico. They created in a Republican. The in the US? Right, but worldwide, of course. They created a Republican candidate by simply putting a journalist to travel around with this one Republican guy. And because they were just creating so much content about him and these news blogs need to blog 40 times a day to keep their feeds up, they were like, well, we'll just reblog this thing because that's fresh. Everything else is two days it, old. It doesn't matter what it is. And because it was so much volume of clicks on this guy, the search results went up. And so he actually ended up on the ballot. This, they created Who was that? I can't remember his name for in, the life. In the state it's or in the federal? US in the last election, yeah. A federal? Yes, sir. Wow. And he, so he, the whole book goes into like beware of what you're seeing online and beware of these news, uh, news blogs because this is how easy it is to manipulate. Oh. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff. People don't realize yeah, I didn't realise that that was the precise path by way by which they went, but I knew there was some sort of whole bunch of people pushing their candidate forward. Well, it's all got to do with volume and that these blogs are just a ravenous appetite to, and they'll repost anything. If it looks like it's vaguely worthwhile, they'll mm. reblog it without even checking the facts. Well, on my Twitter feed... Which is at Dr. Carl, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-O. And 200,000 followers. I will look at anything... 99.999% of the time before I retweet it. Is that maybe been five times out of many, many tweets that I haven't checked out because I trusted it? But normally I'll actually read it just in case they got the wrong emphasis. And that is an issue that still continues today. But can you, can you imagine if we didn't have people like Dr. Carl who fact check and encourage others to do the same? Look, we'll get back to more Dr. Carl in a second. We might need to play a bit of an ad here. If we do, thanks. You're helping us keep the lights on. If not, more Dr. Carl. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is uh, Better Than Yesterday, the Better Make It Quick remix. We're revisiting my conversation with Dr. Carl Kruzelnetsky from 2013. Uh, Dr. Carl, at, at one point we started talking about our phones and, you know, the, how A, it's easier now than ever to find information and connect with other people. But also he and I talked about how will our mobile phones affect us in the future? 
The story is in this book, Game of Knowns, that um, you get a couple of people or psychology students who are close enough to human beings and you pair them off at random and you say, go into a room and talk and blow me down, there's a couple of chairs there. They sit down in the chairs, they face each other and they're directed to talk about something important that happened to them in the last month. So that immediately gets you into the, oh, okay, something important and deep. Now there's a table on the side. Sometimes there's a book. No worries, have a deep conversation. Sometimes there's a mobile phone. No deep conversation. Very shallow. They're out waiting for a better offer. They can't concentrate. And so talking about evolution and talking about the concentration thing, uh, I see that via genetic engineering we'll change ourselves that we can, for example, live on the 70% of our earth. Wrong name, earth. Should be called water because it's 70% water. So we mutate, we genetically engineer ourselves that we have brains and bodies like dolphins with arms. So that way we can work stuff. And then we'll notice that in the last 11 years, we have destroyed half of the coral cover on the planet. Great book by Callum Roberts, The Ocean of Life. Read it and weep. Um, But we have to do something about it. Or we will genetically engineer ourselves to be fully wired up so the phone will be inside us. Or some of us will say, bugger this for a joke, I'm going to go and sow and reap and wear clothes that I've woven out of rough calico and live on a farm and, 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 and there'll be people living on Mars without wearing spacesuits. So they'll be genetically engineered. So the human race will splinter into many different sub-varieties all gathered together by the one concept that we can still talk to each other, whatever mode of communication it is, and therefore we count as human. And... This then has a background on it of the Flynn effect. You've heard of the Flynn effect? John Flynn, University of Otago? Okay, human intelligence is going up by nine points every uh, generation. So the good thing is that you are nine points smarter than your parents. The bad side is your kids will be smarter than you by (laughs) nine points. But um, so it turns out intelligence is not just simply something that you generate, that you're born with, but it's something you're born with and... It depends on how you act in your life. It depends on how you have been trained. For example, in Australia, by the age of 18, the children of wealthier parents have heard a million more words than the children of poor parents. And so this means that they get trained. And if you go back to the year 1900, only 3% of the jobs on the planet involved thinking. So our intelligence is rising. So we are changing our evolution as we go down different pathways. When you, now, when you talk about us all being connected. Some, some will choose to be connected. Well, I'm, the, okay, I'm happy the people the that can afford to be connected. The price will come down because it will be good for business. So let me put this to you. Mm. What if once we are all connected like this, we experience what the uh, astronauts have called the overview effect and we suddenly realize, oh, we're all one. Mm. Oh, my God, I have to help my friend in Bangladesh not die in this flood. Let's fix this. Um, luckily for this effect, or unluckily, 1% of the population are psychopaths, as it says in my book. <laughs> unluckily. So your psychopath is your person who does whatever they want, has absolutely no guilt, no remorse. And what happens to them in life depends upon the background of a couple of factors. Their willpower... Uh, their intelligence and their violence, their tendency to violence. So if they have no tendency to violence, they're not really smart, you've got a burglar. 
If they have a tendency to violence, but they're not really smart, small-time gangsters beat you up, uh, steal your handbag, steal your wallet. Smarts and in tendency to intelligence, fire officer, state emergency services, mastermind, criminal, um, SAS, cops, who know how to rein it in. I mean, you catch a thief to catch, you you set a thief to catch a thief, right? Uh And if they're not violent but they are intelligent and a psychopath, surgeons. Classic case of making those cold, brutal decisions and not feeling any remorse. I had to do it. And I had that, I had a bit of that experience yesterday when I was doing a Skype with some school kids and also CEOs of big companies. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, so I had that, I was doing a Skype with some school kids and I was telling them some of the stories of the hospital and uh, moderated for the fact they were primary school kids. And they thought, oh, that's so sad. And I was saying, no, they didn't die. They'd be really sad. They lived. But they were seeing the sadness of the fact that they'd been to hospital and they'd suffered before coming out completely healed on the other side. Right. And, and so there's different ways of looking at the world. It's funny and when you just mentioned that. I see that a bit in my folks. They have mm. that detachment a little. You they're have both, to have it. They, as doctors, they both have to have You that. have to have the detachment because if you get emotionally involved, you won't be able to make the best decision, Yeah. which is a shame. You've got to have, but then you switch off and you get emotionally involved, but then you don't make clinical decisions at that time. It's absolutely fascinating stuff. Anytime you get a chance to speak with Dr. Carl, you say yes. It's amazing. It's an incredible experience. I went, I went, I did him once again. I went to his house one time and you've never seen a man more excited to show you his solar system <laughs> than Dr. Carl Kruzelnetsky. Oh my goodness. Um, you can find out more about Dr. Carl. Uh, that book that we t- spoke about was a book called Game of Knowns, but like I said, he's put eight more books out since then. So you can go back and check out Game of Knowns or all 46 of his other books. You can find him online. He's at Dr. Carl, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-A-R-L. He's even on TikTok. There you go. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much to Bree Steele for putting the show together, Andy Ma for cutting it up, Rachel Barrett, my executive producer, and you for listening. I'll see you on Friday. Till we speak then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.